Hey, it's Erica. I want to ask you a question. Are you overwhelmed right now? Be honest. Be honest with me right now. Are you overwhelmed? I know you're thinking, ah, you know, the Christian answer would be to say, no, I'm good. I'm good. Really, I'm good. Got my head on straight. I'm in faith. Like I'm blessed and highly favored. You're saying all the things, right? But listen, if you are faking it till something external from you comes to like scoop you up out of it, or if you've really given up on the inside and you're just doing all this stuff on the outside to keep up appearances, sister, listen to me right now. I want to recommend that you stop doing that. It's not good for you. Better we admit where we really are. Like we take a moment to assess, to find truth, to set our hearts and minds on Jesus, and then make some decisions for how we're going to take the good old-fashioned dominion over overwhelm. Do you know what I'm talking about? So here's the deal. If you're ready to do this, if you're ready to take dominion over the overwhelm, if you're ready to for real, for real, come out of that place, then I want you to grab your Bible, your journal, and a pen, and let's go. Hey there, welcome back to the Position of Prosper podcast. I'm your host, Erica Pyle. And on today's episode, we're gonna be talking about why are you so overwhelmed? Like why, why is that a thing? Why do we live with a lifestyle of overwhelm and why can't we seem to get out of it? Why does it seem like it's like an eternal situation that we can't seem to get out of and so we just decide to lie about it? Like just, let's just say facts. Like we just decide to ignore it, lie about it, not admit it, all those kinds of things. And the reality is, you know, overwhelm is a choice. Overwhelm is a choice. I know that's hard to hear, but us being overwhelmed, it's our choice. And here's the thing. This is going to be a shorter episode because I can't actually counsel you out of overwhelm. Like I said, overwhelm is a choice. And so really what it comes down to is you and I being able to make a choice that says, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm getting off of this merry-go-round. I'm not going around this mountain one more time. I'm not doing it. I, I like I can I can decide that I'm not doing this anymore. So I can't counsel you out. So that's gonna that's gonna keep me from giving you a lot of words today. But what I can do is I can tell you the truth and I can encourage you to believe it and to align your life with truth. And so that's what I'm gonna do in our short time together today. Deal? All right, so here's a question. Why are you so overwhelmed? I think that there are three main reasons for why we get overwhelmed. There's three like main buckets. Are there more reasons? Of course. And could you niche them down and make them more specific? Of course. But you know, here's the three. Here are the three that are the major ones. And if we focus on these three and how to step away from these three and make a different choice, then a lot of the overwhelm in your life will go away. Are you ready? Number one, we are overwhelmed because we're worrying about things that we shouldn't be. That's simple, right? We are overwhelmed because we're worrying about things that we shouldn't be. First of all, the Bible tells us, do not worry. <laughs> Jesus said, do not worry, right? And, and Paul tells us in Philippians 4, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God, and then the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. And so our overwhelm many times is the result of us worrying about and concerning ourselves with things that are not ours to be concerned with. That means that we're acting in a hyper-responsible and or a hyper-vigilant manner. Can you admit that? 
The first step is to admit, yep, that's me. I'm worrying about things that I shouldn't be. I'm picking up things that I shouldn't be. And you might be like, Erica, you don't understand. If I don't pick it up, then then it's not going to get done. Well, here's the deal, sugar pop. If God did not tell you to pick it up and do it, then it is still not your responsibility to make sure that it gets done. I know. And the reality is like, you might be like, oh, but you know what? It's about my kid and my kid isn't learning and my kid isn't doing the thing. And so I'm having to do all this stuff. I would say to you, you need to sit with the Lord and ask for a better strategy. Because if you are meant to be doing the thing that the kid isn't doing as a means of training the kid for how to do the thing, then stop being so frustrated about having to do the thing. Hear from the Lord what the power and the benefit of you doing it in front of the kid is, and then you'll stop feeling overwhelmed because you'll stop telling yourself that you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. Instead, you will be embracing it with the attitude, with the mindset, and with the heart that God has given you to do the thing. When you realize in those situations that you're doing something because you're training another person up in that situation, your kid, then that will give you a heart to do the thing. And you won't think, keep on thinking, oh, I'm doing this, but I shouldn't be. Now, on the other side of that coin, which is a lot of the coin, friends, let's just be honest, we're picking up things and doing things that we're not meant to be doing because we don't want to suffer alongside the person who was meant to be doing it. Let's just call it because this is a spouse issue. A lot of the time, friends, come on, come on. So you've got to make a decision with the Lord. Are you going to get over feeling overwhelmed about the fact that you're picking up all the dirty socks and underwear and the wet towels? Or are you going to release that and say, you know what? I'm just not going to get worked up about it. It's a personal preference and I just, I can't lose my sanity and my peace over it. If God isn't telling you to walk around and pick up all those things, okay, then the overwhelm is your choice if you're doing it anyway. And here's the other thing. Maybe you have a choice to do that. Maybe you have a choice to go around and do that because you want your house a particular way. You want a situation a particular way. Well, then here's what I would do. I would ask the Lord for permission on that. You're like, what? Why? Because the thing is, if you don't have permission and if you don't have God with you in doing that, you're just going to become a bitter Betty and that's going to produce more overwhelm for you. Not only are you going to be overwhelmed, but you're going to be bitter at the person who's not doing it. So you got to get your headspace right before you take on these, these jobs. And the lie that you're believing, the lie that we're believing in this one is, if I don't do it, no one else will. Well, maybe no one is meant to. Maybe, maybe you know, you not doing it is the impetus for the person to pick it up. Or maybe, maybe you're getting a little Jesus juke happening and you're being taught how to live in peace despite the fact that your environment isn't perfect all around you. These are all the ways in that one step of overwhelm that we're talking about right now, worrying about things that we shouldn't, that you've really got to learn how to sit with the Lord and ask him, what is my part in this? What what is my responsibility? What is my role? What is my permission here? Okay? And when you do that and you get clear on that and then you say no to everything else, when you only say yes to the things that God has called you to, that he's assigned you to, that he's given you permission and grace for, then you will release the overwhelm. So what's the fix for this version of overwhelm? Put it down, sis. Put it down. Put it down. Don't pick it up. 
put it down. Because here's the thing, you're going to feel it. It's going to prick you. Especially in this one, it's like it's almost inevitable. You will be tempted to pick it up. So first off, don't pick it up. And if you pick it up, put it down real quick. But the longer term solution here is you want to be sitting with the Lord on absolutely every commitment you make. I know that sounds crazy. You're like, Erica, I'm going to become more overwhelmed because that takes a lot of time. But listen, in the long run, it's going to produce less overwhelm. Because if you understand, like, no, I'm committed to leaving those wet towels on the floor. I'm committed to it until the mold grows. And then I have to say to my husband over coffee one morning, hey, sweetie, I checked in on the on the mold on the carpet, you know, where the wet towels have been left. And I checked in with um, the carpet guy and he says that to, to, to replace that with a patch and to do that work, it's going to be $400. So, you know, we probably got to work that into the budget. What do you think? Do you think we can do that this week? Do you think we can get the mold out of the carpet? You're like, Erica, that is so passive aggressive. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because if we're having a conversation and I've actively asked like, hey, sweetie, you know, could you pick up that that wet towel? You know, this is what could potentially happen if we leave wet towels on the floor. Or if the Lord is telling me to serve my husband by picking up the wet towel. Okay. Because there's a lot of ways that this thing could play out, right? I could ask. I could actively ask the question, hey, would you mind picking up your wet towel? I could also hear the Lord say, pick up the wet towel for him. Or there is an option where God says, leave the wet towel and let's see what happens. And then what happens is mold. Well, then my next step as a help meet is to say, hey, we got to get the mold out of the house. So, you know, this is what what the next steps are. How do you want to handle it? And in that case, in that example, that's the next part of the conversation without overwhelm, without overwhelm. Now, you might be like, Erica, the next step is if they say they don't care about the mold in the carpet. Well, that would be extreme. But at that point, I'm sitting down and asking the Lord what to do. At that point, I'm asking the Lord. But here's the deal. If he gives you the assignment, he's going to give you the grace to complete it. That means that even if you have to fix the issue, you will have the grace to do it without getting bitter and without letting unforgiveness grab a hold of your heart. Listen, I had this situation happen. Three months ago, the Lord said something to my husband and I and told us to do something. And it was something that my husband was meant to do first as the leader, as the husband. And so I said to him, hey, you know, are you are you down with this? Are you hearing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Then we got to do that. Um, about a month after that, um, it, it hadn't been done. And so I checked in with him again. And I was like, hey, you remember that thing? Like, we need to do that, right? Like, are you still planning? on? Yes, yes, I'm planning on doing it. Okay, great. It's kind of urgent. You want to get that done? Yeah. Then two more months pass by. And I'm sitting there one morning, and I'm now eating the fruit of the consequences of that thing not being done. And I'm knowing it was my husband who needed to do the thing. So I asked the Lord, what do we do? Like, do I go back again? And he said, no. He said, you go ahead and do it. You you set it up. He's like, I'm going to give you a gift in the midst of that. Not only am I going to give you the grace to do it, but I'm going to give you a gift in the midst of it. And so I sat down and I did the beginning stages of this project that we were supposed to do, this this tool we were supposed to build. And um had a chance to talk to my husband about it, give it to my husband. And I did, the Lord gave me something in the midst of doing really what was his work to do, 
we both agreed both times when we talked about it that we needed to do it and that it was his work. And so I was exercising patience and trust by not doing it for those that first month and the, then those first other two months. I was just waiting patiently. But I would ask the Lord from time to time, what do we do here? And on this particular instance, he said, you start it. Now, you would think, you would think that I would be overwhelmed with frustration, that I would be overwhelmed because I would be mad that my husband said he would do something and he didn't do it, Right. But in this instance, I didn't because I asked the Lord about it. And he said, no, you have permission right now to start the project and to hand it to him. And uh, I did that. And he gave me this little gift in the midst of it, which was really awesome. It really bolstered my faith. And then I was able to speak to my husband and say, hey, remember that thing? Well, look, the Lord gave me permission to start it. Here you go. Wouldn't you know that my husband gave me back the rest of it the next day? So I didn't have overwhelm about that in a situation that normally I would be completely overwhelmed about, okay? But the key there was I just didn't pick it up. I just kept on not picking it up because it wasn't mine to pick up until I asked him again and he said, yeah, pick up this small part and then hand it off and let's try again. Listen, if we will be willing to do it the way that God is showing us to, if we resist hyper-responsibility and hyper-vigilance about something, we are going to have a much better go and we will not pick up overwhelm. Do you get it? Do you see it? So the first reason that we're overwhelmed is that we worry about things that we shouldn't and we pick up things that we shouldn't, but the fix is just don't pick them up. And if we do pick them up, put them down. <laughs> and keep on asking God, what's my role in this? What's my permission? Do you got it? All right. The second reason that we find ourselves overwhelmed is this. We're not moving on the things he told us to move on. We're not moving on the things he told us to move on. Most times, this is what's called paralysis by analysis. We think that a better answer is going to come along. We think that if we wait, we can figure out a better approach, a better strategy, a better solution than the one that God has given us, because the one that he's given us maybe feels hard or heavy, or maybe we think we're going to suffer through it. So we sit there and we wait and we are weighing our options and we're figuring. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us anywhere to figure. It says to trust the Lord. <laughs> so, you know, we, we find ourselves overwhelmed because our spirits know truth and our spirit wants to obey the Lord, but our soul, our thinking, our feeling, our declaring, and our choosing is trying to figure out another way to do this that hurts less, takes less time, takes less out of us. And that's where the overwhelm is coming from. But here's the thing. Disobedience feels overwhelming. You're like, Erica, that's not dis Listen, listen. Delayed obedience is disobedience, period, period. Remember Abraham? He got up early the next morning to take his son, to sacrifice him on the hill. And that man did not just take him. He put the wood on that kid's back. He made him work while he was walking. Listen, I understand it's a picture of Jesus walking to the cross. I understand that. But nevertheless, this was a real man and a real child having a walk where he thought the whole time he was going to sacrifice his child. And it doesn't say that he delayed. It didn't say he didn't Jonah the thing, friends. He did not Jonah the thing. He didn't run the other way. The Bible says he got up early the next morning and he took him. So understand disobedience feels overwhelming because delayed disobedience, delayed obedience is disobedience and disobedience feels overwhelming. And so what's the fix for this one? Move. Move in obedience to what God has said. Move. 
just do the thing. You're like, but, 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 but no, 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 but, no, but, no, but, no, but just obey. If you need a course correction, if you're not sure, like I get it, but here's the thing. God will steer you. Isaiah 30 is a really great scripture. If you're that person who's like, I don't want to move until everything is perfect. Don't do that. That's a mistake. Read Isaiah 30. It says, then you'll hear your a voice from behind you. It's the voice of your teacher saying, this is the way, walk in it, not to the left or to the right. He's going to course correct you as you move. So stop being a perfectionist about where you th- how you think it needs to go so you get to the exact right place. Because can I tell you something, the truth? The truth is that he changes the ending point all the time. Like you think you're going to one place and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's what you want to believe right now, that's fine. But I'm going with you. So I'll course correct you along the way. We'll get you exactly where you need to go. Now you could, you, you create overwhelm and frustration in your life when you paint pictures of things the way you think that they should be. And they don't wind up that way because you're constantly trying to course correct yourself. You're like doubting the GPS and you've got God almighty as your supernatural GPS in life. And yet you're like, not moving, or when you do get moving, you're trying to correct the GPS. Stop, stop. Just move in accordance with what he has said, and you will fix that type of overwhelm. Amen? All right. Now, the last one, the last reason why we get so overwhelmed is this one. We get overwhelmed when we're being stretched and strengthened, and we don't trust. Yeah. Overwhelm is a symptom of being stretched and grown and strengthened by the Lord, but we're not fully trusting. And so that overwhelm comes because we're doubting. We're stressed out. We're like, is this right? Did he really say this? Is this going to be good? Am I going to be okay? And so that overwhelm results. You know, the lot, <laughs> can I tell you something? Because there have been so many social media posts on this and I want to address it. Have you ever seen someone post this? God won't give you more than you can handle. Oh, God won't. Listen, listen, go look in your Bible. That is a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The Bible is a collection of stories where God gave people, human beings, more than they could handle. Why? By design. Because when you can't do it by yourself, you need the Lord. And he wants to teach us to trust him. Do you understand? Like when Moses... He asks Moses, he tells Moses, you're going to set my people free. Go talk to Pharaoh. Moses given him every excuse in the book, including I stutter. I can't talk clearly. I need help. So he gives him Aaron. That's stupid, stupid, stupid. In my opinion, in my opinion, why would we want, why would we want to have to be responsible for another person on our journey of obedience to the Lord and service to the Lord? But that's just my take right now. All right. But here's Moses. And Moses is giving him every excuse in the book, and the Lord is seemingly ignoring his excuses. And this is how he responds. I will go with you. I will go with you. (laughs) He's not fixing the problem. He's not like, oh, you know what? I'll limit my stretching of you. I'll limit um, how mean and nasty and dangerous Pharaoh is. I will limit how, uh, you know, how mean the Israelites are going to be to you. You know, he doesn't say any of that. He's like, I'll go with you. I'll be with you. And Moses learns that that's good enough because as you go along in the story of liberating the Israelites and when they're out in the desert, which doesn't feel very much like, like liberation to them, there's a moment when Moses says to him, I will not go. We will not go without you. We're just going to stay right here. If you don't go, we won't go. And he learned that lesson that the overwhelm will always stick to you 
if you try to do the stretching, the strengthening, the growth by yourself. You cannot. So it is a lie that God will not give you things that you cannot handle. He'll give you things that you cannot handle on your own intentionally so that you will seek him. Does that make sense? So he will give you more than you can handle to stretch you, to grow you, and to strengthen you. And then he promises that he'll be with you, that he'll go with you, and that he won't leave you or forsake you. So what is the fix for this type of overwhelm? It's trust. It's trust. You have to trust him. When he tells you that it's good for you, you have to believe it. Listen, I am in this level of overwhelm right now. We are we are ramping towards um, the 10-day quiet time challenge that launches on Monday. It opens up on Monday. Um, we start. And our conference, our annual women's conference, Revive Women Conference, is in less than a month. And these weeks are traditionally for the last 11 years as we've done this, this cycle, we've done this uh, conference cycle. It is so, I am running around like I have my hair on fire. I, like everything changes. I am, I am constantly focused on this work with the Lord. And I got to tell you, I'm overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed. But when I check in and I ask the Lord, like, why am I overwhelmed here? He's like, Erica, trust me more. There's nothing wrong here. I'm not asking you to do anything that is bad. You're not you're not out of order. You're not you're not um picking up things that you shouldn't. You are not staying still when you should be moving. Actually, this is designed to stretch you and to strengthen you and to grow you and you're doing it, but you're going to have to trust me more. Wait on me, do it the way I show you how to do it and you're going to come out the other side. And so that's where I'm at. And I want to encourage you, if you find yourself in that position right now, look, don't quit. Don't quit. There is another post that I see on social media a lot, and I agree with this one. They say, when it gets hard, don't quit. Just stop and rest. I like that because you can rest in Jesus at any moment. You can rest in him and he can give you strategy for the next few steps and you can avoid the overwhelm. You can have dominion over it and you can continue to move in the grace of God and you can win. You can find breakthrough. You do not have to be overwhelmed to get to breakthrough. I know that's a crazy big thought, but listen, you don't have to be overwhelmed to get to breakthrough. If you will not pick up the things you're not meant to pick up, if you will keep moving when he tells you to move, and if you will trust him all along the way, you can actually have breakthrough and victory without overwhelm. That's incredible. That's an incredible thought. We probably need to do a whole podcast episode on that. So anyway, so as we close out, I just want to I just want to let you know, like knowing how to stop and identify and address where you're getting overwhelmed and how you're getting overwhelmed, that's actually a skill set and a discipline. And it took me a real long time to learn how to do that. It's, it's, a, it's a big skill set and a discipline to be able to stop in the middle of an overwhelming feeling like overwhelm and to be able to go, okay, something's not right here. What's causing this? And how can I navigate with God so that I can step back into rest and peace? That's a big skill set and discipline to learn. And the way you learn that is by sitting with the Lord and developing your relationship with him. I don't know if you know that, but honestly, there's no other way. You've got to get in his word. You have to be in prayer. You have to commune with him. You have to spend time with him. So yeah, 
that that's called having a quiet time with him, having a quiet time with him every single morning where you're preloading the grammar of the word of God, where you're allowing it to get into your heart, where you're praying, where you're communing with the Lord, where you're processing life with him, where you're planning your day with him. You need a quiet time every day, sis. And that is a big piece of how you can develop that skill set and that discipline so you don't walk around overwhelmed all the time. So I got to ask you, how's your quiet time? Because I just told you, I'm getting ready to open up first day of our 10-day quiet time challenges this coming Monday. Listen, if you're not listening to this in real time, it's okay, because I'm sure we're going to have it on replay. But I want to invite you to come into that. Come develop that skill set and that discipline to be able to do these things so that you can identify the overwhelm and know what to do with it. You need a quality, effective daily quiet time. And I'm going to teach you how to do that inside the 10 day quiet time challenge. Do you need this? Because if you do, then you need to hop on over to revivewoman.org slash QT challenge. And you need to get signed up. Like I said, we're starting on Monday morning. I'm going to walk you through it live. I'm going to teach you the components of a of an effective quiet time. And then for five days, I'm going to sit with you on zoom and we're going to do an effective quiet time together in just 30 minutes. And I'm going to help you to build and establish and strengthen that habit so that as you go forward, you have it in you. And that is the place where you can deal with overwhelm with God before you get into your day and you let that thing drive you all day long. Let's stop that now. Let's stop. Look, if you ain't blessed and highly favored all throughout the day, if you're not living in peace and rest with Jesus all day long, then let's stop faking the funk. Let's get it sorted. And it just might mean that you need to get into the quiet time challenge. Is that you? Jump in at revivewoman.org slash QT challenge and I'll see you inside, okay? All right, friend. Until next time, I pray you have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.